I'm Father Mitch Paqua, and welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world. First, want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Make sure we get that ready for you, because I know some of you would be traveling. Some of you are getting together with your family, and many of you are cooking up tomorrow's dinner, uh, getting things all ready, which is a great thing to do. And, you know, want to hope that you have a very blessed day of Thanksgiving. And, you know, I know I've said it in past years, but it's good to remember, it's not really Turkey Day, okay? That's not its real name, it's Thanksgiving. The secular media likes to call it Turkey Day. They even say Happy Turkey Day on some of the stations that are run by turkeys. Maybe they're talking about themselves, I don't know. But be that as it may, it's about giving thanks to God, not about eating a turkey. We do so in thanksgiving to God for this year and for all the years we have. So that's a good thing. So also today, the uh, Feast of Blessed Miguel Augustine Pro. Father Pro was a Jesuit that was very, very clever, as sometimes we Jesuits have the reputation for being. During the time of the uh, Cristero uprising, that he would put on disguises so that he could go through the streets and be able to minister. He sometimes dressed like a street cleaner, sometimes like a little old lady, sometimes little old man, street bums, all kinds of things, so that with his disguises he could bring Holy Communion and even celebrate Holy Mass for people in secret. So he finally was caught and then died with his arms outstretched holding his rosary and saying, Viva Cristo Rey, and then he was shot. And I think the first martyrdom that was ever actually photographed, and you can find that photograph on the internet. Well, tonight we have a guest, and as I often say from bring guests around the world, this guest tonight was the postulator for the canonization of Pope St. John Paul II. And now he is in charge of the cause for the beatification of his parents, the parents of Karol Wojtyla. His parents were Emilia and Karol Sr. So we'll talk with him tonight about the parents of Pope St. John Paul the Great and what it takes on their part and ours to be raised to the high altar as saints in the Catholic Church. So please welcome from the Diocese of Torun in Poland, Monsignor Slavomir Oder. Monsignor, welcome, Vitami. Thank you very much. In Polish, you normally greet a priest with praise be Jesus Christ, and the priest answers now and forever, um, forever and ever. Uh, it's a great way to greet anybody. You know, but this is normally how priests are greeted. So, you were the postulator for Pope St. John Paul, right? Yes, Father. And to, explain, to understand this, what does a postulator for a saint's cause do? What did you do for a living? Well, you know, for me it was a great surprise to find myself in this role 
and of the postulator. Fortunately, uh, before being appointed uh, as the postulator in the cause of John Paul II, I had a very small experience, but very important experience. I led the process of uh, blazed uh, Father Stefan Fredichowski. Mm -hmm. He was a young priest martyred in, during the, um, the Second World War um, in, in Dachau. He was a priest of my parish priest, and I was appointed by my bishop uh, in this in this process. But only in the in the face of Roman uh, course of, of of this process. <clears throat> what does it mean? Normally, the process of beatification is composed of two principal moments. It means the process in the diocese, and then the process. Uh, in, in Rome, in the congregation now, the Casteria of the Cases of Saints. And in these two parts of processes, process, um, the postulator roles is a little different. In the first part, during the process in the diocese, the postulators can be, uh, can be uh, indicated as a spiritus movens of this, of this process. What does it mean? It means that it's, uh, it is my duty, it is a duty of postulator to help the tribunal to collect uh, all proofs regarding the, 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 the ser servant of God. Uh, it is my duty to present <coughs> so-called libello, it means the letter with a formal letter in which the, it is asked to the bishop to open the process. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is the first step. Uh, and then the postulator must uh, give, must push all the parts of the processes. It means it is my, my duty to present also a list of witnesses in, the, in this process. It is very important. And uh, the third um, uh, role uh, well, it is uh, just to, 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 to give an aid to the tribunal to collect all the documents it is possible to, to collect. Because during the process, uh, we must collect all proofs. It, is, it means proofs that are regarding persons who could the possibility to meet, to know directly the person, and also documents. All this material, <coughs> when it is collected, it is sent at the end of the process in diocese to Rome. And in Rome begins a really interesting part of this process and the role of the postulator, because now in the second part, uh, the congregation um, indicates the so-called relator. It means the um, person inside the congregation uh, who will lead, who would lead the process. And under his uh, supervision, the postulator have to prepare so-called positio. Positio, it is a book, practically it is a book. This is the synthesis of all documents rec um, that we uh, had in the first part of process. And in this book, uh, it is necessary to uh, indicate and explain why the person should be recognized by the church 
is a saint or blessed person and uh, what is the value of, uh, of or signification of this um, beatification for the church. So, you know, the postulator, as I said, it is a spiritus movens, but also a person who had practically, uh, whose duty is just to prove the sainthood. This book, this so-called positio, uh, <clears throat> pass through the hands of different uh, persons inside the congregation, uh, theologians uh, that must express their, their, their opinion, and then pass to cardinals uh, and bishops who <clears throat> create the congregation, and it is the second step. And then the Holy Father must authorize the, the publication of the, 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 of the decree of the, um, of the uh, um, virtues of, 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 this, of the um, servant of, of God. So it means that this first part of the process is finished. But the process of, of beatification, it can be uh, similar to hearing three voices, you know. The first voice, it is the voice of the um, people of God, vox populi. It is so-called fama sanctitatis, because, because no process can be moved, promoved, without the uh, fama sanctitatis present in the people of God. Well, that was one of the things that a lot of us heard when Pope St. John Paul had his funeral, yes. people were crying out, yes. Santo Subito, it was a just. saint right away. Yes, it was uh, this uh, Vox Populi that was very clear, sound very clear in the yes. days, you know. It was Santo Subito during the funeral, but not only. It was also a, a, a huge, uh, number of people that pass behind the body of the Pope and then after the, the funeral, thousand, thousand, thousand every day that was staying there near this, his grave and praying yes. and waiting for the process. Um, it was absolutely amazing, beautiful experience that we could, could live, of course, because it, is, it was the Pope uh, known by everybody practically, but the same the same dynamic is necessary in any other process. The fama sanctitatis it means the conviction and the conscience that this person were holy, and they are worth to be presented as an example of the Christian life. It is the first step. It is the very voice. And one of the aspects of this is that. It's the church trying to recognize the Holy Spirit speaking through the whole church, through the body of Christ. That it's not only in the leadership no, that absolutely. this is decided. The Holy Spirit is speaking through the, the community, and this is a recognition of that movement. Yes, absolutely, Father. It is beautiful. And it is one of the main duties of any bishop in his diocese, just to vigil and to be able to hear this motion of the Holy Spirit uh, among the body of Christ, mm -hmm. uh, talking that somebody sent, passed away, and now we have our intercession in the heaven. Mm -hmm. But it is only the first step. The second step, 
it is the process of beatification, the uh, legal process that I talk about. Well, before. and your background is canon law, correct? Yes, yes. Yes, so th this is why well, you know this so well. Well, of course, it is not enough to know everything. It is, uh, it's necessary to, 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 to learn every day. And uh, <laughs> fortunately, uh, uh, I work in this, in this camp. As I said, my first process was the process of beatification of uh, blessed father Stefan Fredikowski, uh, then um, John Paul II. Now in church, in, in my diocese with other, uh, uh, another process, it is the process of a, a nun of the 16th century uh, in my diocese. Mm -hmm. And uh, now this beautiful experience that, has, uh, that I met on my path, Two years ago, when the process of John Paul, of John Paul II parents uh, was um, uh, started, and the Cardinal Givish uh, uh, asked me to to be the postulator in this in this process as well. Mm -hmm. So I can feel quite an um, adoptive member of the family Wojtyla. You know, <laughs> you know? It, it, it is really it is really beautiful. Mm. During the process of John Paul II, uh, we of course we were, were able to find uh, some his words, uh, his opinions, uh, his conversations that would, uh, in one sense, pronounce uh, the sainthood of his parents. He was very, very uh, discreet. He never talked about the sainthood of his parents. But uh, he was a great vener veneration uh, to his mother and to his father. To his father in particular way. It is normal because he, he lost his, his mother when he was only nine. Yes. Uh, but his father was very important for him just to, to, to create his personality, to shape the main uh, uh, shapes of, of, of his uh, identity, personal mm -hmm. identity as a Christian, as a man, and probably also as a future, future priest. So mm, uh, just during the process of, of John Paul II, we had some intuition that this sainthood, the sainthood of John Paul II was something that had its roots just in his family, in his family. Mm -hmm. uh, well. And, but I, I would like to say that we talk about two voices, the voice of the uh, church, well, of Vox Populi, of the body of church. Uh, Vox Ecclesia, it means the process, formal process, mm -hmm. uh, when the church, um, with the instrument that has as at his, uh, in his hands, uh, try to, um, in a, in a, to make objective the sainthood, you know? Mm -hmm. It is very important. It is very important. I was going to say, a lot of us have known relatives that were very holy, you know, that taught us to pray, our many grandparents and parents who taught, and people have this sense of, you know, uh, in private, you know, saying, you know, I, I hope my grandmother's praying for me now in heaven. I hope my parents are praying for me, things like that. And that's, I mean, we know that with a lot of people of course. on a subjective level, but the church does something different. It has to say, is this person 
a model for anybody inside the church and not just for your family, yeah. but is this something more universal? That's that objective side. Yes, uh, that's true. And it is, you know, uh, the sainthood. The sainthood is a universal vocation in the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, John Paul II was just, he, he, he interpreted this vox that emerged during the uh, Vatican Council II, no? Mm -hmm. When it was remembered that we all are called to be saint. Yes. Sainthood. And he was able to, to translate this call and the proposal of uh, different way, paths of, of sainthood. He offered to the church more saints and, and blessed than all his predecessor from the St. Saint Peter. To his, to his time, yeah. he was very, very uh, generous in proposing the sainthood. But you know, we know, of course, that sainthood is a universal vocation, means that not only those who was appointed by the church as saints, indicated as saints, are saints. Mm -hmm. You talk about our personal experience, and we know saints who precede us in our families, mm -hmm. our holy mothers, our grandmothers, and saints and predecessors. I, I think that everybody in, in, in our life, we have somebody that, uh, that prayed for us, left his uh, sign in our memory, in the memory of our families. You know, there is a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, sign in the life of St. John Paul II. It doesn't regard directly the sainthood, but uh, it is, well, this, 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 this episode of his life express that's just the dynamic of, of, of the, the sainthood. You know that he haven't left us uh, um, writing or personal uh, spiritual uh, journal. Practically we have nothing about it. We have a huge uh, magistery or documents, but personally he didn't wrote too much. Mm -hmm. as Pope, but at the beginning of his pontificate, just the, the day or day after of the election, he uh, uh, wrote a very small uh, card with his memory, passing in his life. You remember probably that he surprised the word uh, when after the election, he went to the hospital to pay visit to, to Father Descour, his friend. He was, uh, he, he was in the hospital because during the days of the conclave, he had a uh, hemorrhage, uh, brain hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And the Pope uh, went um, to, the, to the hospital. And returning to the, from the hospital, just he wrote, when I was a young priest and Paul VI appointed me as cardinal, my another uh, friend, uh, Father Jaworski, had a uh, very bad train accident and he lost his hand. Now, in, uh, in the days of my, of my election to the uh, St. Peter's uh, See, uh, uh, another friend, um, Father Descour, uh, is ill and he pay with his illness and with suffering for this. And the Pope concluded, debitor factus sum, I am the daughter 
Mm -hmm. And I think that is the key of under understanding of his life. He told about the signification of uh, the suffering, of the offering for somebody uh, in, in the life. And I think that is the same dynamic in the, in the sainthood. Well, looking at his, at his life, all his life was just paying the debt of love and sainthood of the person that he met in his life. I, I, I like very much to, to read this page of his uh, diaries. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, like uh, an introspection to his life. I'm sure that in these memories, in this doubt that he was paying, there was, for example, the suffering of his mother, there was suffering and the prayer and sacrifice of his, of his father. There was also the suffering of a penitent he meant in the church uh, of Holy Mary in Krakow when he was a young priest and he began to be spiritual director and the confessor of uh, uh, Wanda Putavska, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this young doctor, uh, doctors, doctors that uh, passed through the Ravensbrück uh, camp of concentration and survived. So uh, I think that uh, the suffering and the way of living the suffering and a way of uh, uh, facing the um, challenges of the way in the Christian way uh, was something that was very important for the Pope. It was just building his, uh, his personality, uh, taking conscious of, of all the heritage, the heritage of his life, of, his, of the life of the church that mm, was suffering, testimony, witnesses of faith, sainthood. And this uh, paying debt uh, of love, it means not only make a gift of your life, it means really to desire and to uh, realize sainthood in your life. And this is where his parents also come in because he was strongly aware of the way that their suffering, their lives, and their own devotion to God, their focus on God, uh, had formed him. That's, yeah. that's, and this is something that, at the same time, I, I've been very impressed in thinking about this show, that the sainthood of St. John Paul has and, and his recognition of debt to his parents helped to bring out their holiness. It, yeah. It's his sanctity reveals their sanctity. Yeah. It reminds me very much of the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux. Yes, of course. Her holiness brings out the holiness of her parents who are also you know, in this whole, gone through this whole process. Yeah. So this is a, a, a very interesting thing. And it highlights, as you said, what Vatican II said, there's a universal call to holiness. Nobody is exempt from sainthood. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that, well, if in church, we just try to 
remain alive and to, um, uh, to heed ourselves, just trying to, to live our normal life without desiring of sainthood, we are losing time. Yes. The sainthood is something that must be the first goal of our life. It is necessary. If you are a Christian, if you are a member of church, it means that you must rem remember that your vocation is sainthood. And it is necessary to, to, to live the high standards of life, of our normal life. And I like very much the definition that uh, uh, left John Paul II in his documents. Nuovo Milenio in the wound, he said that the sainthood, it is the high standard, high level of a normal Christian life. What does it mean? It means that uh, there is no uh, uh, time to, to be considered not important. Every moment is important. And what can give an importance to the time, the life, the love? that you put living this, 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 this moment. I remember a beautiful, a beautiful meeting with, that I had some years ago with a young sister. She was uh, from Birmania, Myanmar, Sister Teresa. Uh, and I remember uh, her, her um, memories regarding the last meeting with the Pope. The Pope was very old. It was quite near his, the days of his passing away. And, uh, well, she was so uh, uh, involved in this atmosphere of this, of, this, of this moment, but she could ask the Pope something. And she asked, Holy Father, what does it mean to be saint? What should I do to, to, to become saint? And she said, it was something for me very important. She, she said, well, the Holy Father, uh, he was sitting, was very old. From time to time, it seemed to be not present. But when he heard uh, her question, he opened eyes, looked at her, and then opened her, his uh, uh, arms and strengthened her to his chest so that she was able to hear the bits of his heart. Mm -hmm. And he sa she said, well, the Holy Father didn't say any word. But for me, this was the answer. This is the holiness. The first thing, to feel you loved and to let your heart fulfill with the love of God. It is the first, first thing. Because the sainthood, it is the, the gift of God. It is nothing that we can construct by ourselves. The sainthood, it is a gift of God. And if you are a Christian, you receive in your, in your heart, in your life, the grace of God, his, its calling, his, its vocation, you, uh, you begin to be a vessel like Mary, who uh, fulfilled with the grace of God, with, me, with, uh, with his life, with life of God. And then uh, a source, uh, giving what you have inside to others. Mm -hmm. It is the same dynamic as this, uh, this, uh, this, this sign of, 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 of our Holy Father who is opening his arms, standing uh, to his chest, feeling uh, the beating of the heart. So this is, this is the sainthood.
to live your love by God and to uh, fulfill your life with God's life, with God's love, and give it to others. Yeah. Just in the simple situations, very simple situations. And I think that this is a, a very important thing for us to remember our goal, our purpose, because the, the culture, the world, has very different goals. They will do things, I say, well, we'll try to help you get viral. You can go viral on the internet and become famous by doing something usually that's funny, if not to the point of being ridiculous. Uh, and becoming viral on the internet is not going to heaven. Yeah. Especially when the internet has a set of norms that are not consistent with God's norms. Absolutely. That they will cancel you on the basis of their norms, which are often based on sin. Yeah, you're right. Whereas God sets norms for us based on the Ten Commandments, on the Sermon on the Mount, the, the virtues that the church proposes to us, the, the precepts of the church, the works of spiritual mercy and corporal acts of mercy. These are what you get you to heaven. Maybe not on the internet, but in heaven. Absolutely. And you know, Father, I think that now in our days when, well, the internet and the proposal of culture, contemporary culture or so-called culture, will lead you out of your family environment uh, show you another mm, passes to to be to, to, to be undertaken, and uh, values that are not values. Well, the family is so important because, well, if you are lucky, as it was for Saint John Paul II, if you are lucky and you born in a holy family, you uh, you are able to start your education about the values, about the goal or in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in your life, about the way of relationship between persons, just in the family. So it is so important. So it is why the, the family, I think it is just a, a goal of, of, uh, of the um, anti-culture, uh, destroy the family, because in family you really can uh, learn what does it mean to be a man, what does it be a, a Christian, in the family, you can make your first uh, true experience of, uh, of God. Uh, uh, in of your faith. first experiences of giving yourself in love. Yes. This because you receive it. Yes. We need to take a little break, Monsignor, but we'll be back in a couple of minutes because we'd like to talk more specifically about the family of Pope St. John Paul. So please stay with us. Welcome back. 
We're speaking with Monsignor Swavomir Oder. He is from the Diocese of Torun in Poland, a very beautiful city. Uh, if you get a chance to go to Poland, that's one of the places to be worth going to see. He was the postulator for Pope St. John Paul. And so we've been talking about what that means to be a postulator and was postulated for the canonization of St. Pope St. John Paul. But now, as practically part of the Wojtyla family, he is the postulator for the cause of beatifying St. John Paul's parents, uh, Emilia and Karol Wojtyla. Now, tell us about Emilia and Karol Wojtyla Sr. Well, it is a, a beautiful story, a normal story of two young people who, who, who meet and fall in love and think about their family. Uh, they they born in the south of Poland. Uh, they met in Krakow and their life, whole, whole life, practically was concentrated in that zone. But uh, Karol Wojtyla Sr. Uh, was a military, it was in the military service. Mm -hmm. So for a moment, for some years, all the family moved to Moravia during the uh, world where the first, but then returned to, to, to Wadowice when they stayed together. And, and it's important to understand, why would they move to Moravia? Well, he was a soldier in the Austro-Hungarian Imperial Army. Absolutely. This was the time of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yes. And Poland didn't exist as a country. At the time, no, no. because we, uh, we uh, returned to our independence in 1918. Mm -hmm. and, but Karol Wojtyla, yes, he was the citizen of an uh, Austro-Hungarian uh, em emperor. You know, in, 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 in that part of Poland, because Poland for more than 100 years was divided into Prussia, Russia and Austria, in that part of, 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 of Poland uh, that was a part of the uh, Austrian uh, Empire, uh, the situation was better than in other, situ in other parts. Yeah, so back in the 1700s, the uh, mid-1700s, yes, yes. Russia, Prussia, and Austria all attacked Poland and divided it up. Yes. Uh, and so... Poland disappeared, disappeared from the yeah, maps, yes, yeah, completely. Yeah, the, Napoleon restored it for a short time, but yeah. that ended. So, and the Russian sector was very difficult. And the Prussian sector was as well. difficult, but not as difficult as the Russian. But the best of them was in the Austro-Hungarian sector. Yes, of course, it was not in the, the same. In the south. In the south. It was not the same situation as to have your independent country, but uh, that part of um, of empire, Polish uh, Polish people had their representative to the parliament in Vienna, mm -hmm. and it was possible to cultivate Polish culture, to speak mm -hmm. Polish, uh, to to proclaim your religion, religion, because it's what Catholicism. Of course, you thought about 
Prussia and Russia is the worst part. Yes, it was also because of the different kind of religion that was right. there. Right, that's know. right. So in, in that part, it, it was absolutely um, better, easier to be Polish and to maintain the, your, your own identity. So and, uh, and also one other thing that I noticed when I went to Poland is that the, in the southern part, they learned how to make Austrian pastries, which are very good. <laughs> 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 they know how to make kuchen and cake, cakes in Austria. <laughs> you know, well, probably something uh, remained in the memory of John Paul II because, you know, he was, uh, he liked very much kremówki. You yes. Know? <laughs> Very, Very much so. Well, it's, a, it's just a pastry that now they even call the John Paul no, pastry no. Uh, in his yes. hometown. So, uh, Karol, Karol, Karol Wojtyła um, Senior, uh, well, uh, he began his study, but when he was 14, he had to uh, finish your, his education, normal education, in so called folk school in, in Austria because uh, of the economic situation in his family. His father was a tailor, so he had to help him in his in, 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 in its in industry. In the tailor, and in making clothes yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, but after some time, he decided he was taken, he was taken to, the, to the army. It is, was normal, because yeah. at, I, I think at 16 or 17 years old, um, uh, young people was taken to the army. And he liked it, and he decided to remain there, uh, uh, having the possibility as a, um, uh, a professional uh, soldier. Yes. Yeah, he became a non-commissioned officer, what we would call a sergeant, the equivalent of a yes. sergeant in our army. So he, he did well at it. Yes, and he liked it very much. He mm -hmm. he, he worked, and just as a soldier, uh, as a military in the military service, he met he met Emilia. And, well, looking at the photo, he was a very s smart man, very yeah. elegant. Yes. And also mother, Emilia, was the same. Yeah, you uh, can see him wearing the, uh, in that photograph of their wedding, that he's wearing his military yeah. uniform. He's very trim. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, so they met. Uh, the first son born uh, after um, uh, this, this, this wedding, and it was Edmund. I would like to talk a little about Edmund because, you know, it was his their first son. But a beautiful person, probably, I don't know, maybe mm, he will retain, re return to the interest of all the church because uh, I am personally convinced that there is a material for the sainthood of Edmund. Yes. Mm, maybe he's not very known now, uh, but uh, especially during the pandemic period in Poland, he returned with the fourth, uh, the example of his life, because he was a young doctor and he was very promising doctor, so that he was appointed as a director of the uh, report of uh, infective uh, um, uh, disease in the hospital of Bielsko-Biała when, when he began to, to work. And uh, at the time, it was a time of scarlet disease. Yeah, scarlet fever. Scar scarlet fever. Mm -hmm. And at the time, scarlet fever was a disease uh, that was not curable. Uh, cur curable. Curable. Cur curable. Yeah. They were, uh, 
So when a young girl arrived to the hospital, uh, every doctor refused to take care of her because they were feared. And only Edmund, this young man, decided to stay with her and to, to give her, uh, her um, care, to take care of her. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this girl uh, died. And after they, the, the 10 days, also Dr. Edmund Wojtyla took a, a scarlet fever and passed away. Mm -hmm. But his life was really just what uh, the Pope Francis called uh, Donatio Vita, the third way of being saint. Yeah, by making a donation, donation of your life. life. Yes. And a he, gift of your life. And he gave his life just because he, uh, he was a doctor, he was a Christian, because he felt it like a, 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 necess like a vocation. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that it is a very interesting person. Mm, by the way, he was very, very uh, near to a little Carol. You know, Carol uh, uh, lost his mother when he was only nine. And uh, fortunately, he has his brother older, uh, 14 years older. So when Carol was nine, it means that, uh, that um, Edmund was 20, 20, 23, 23 yeah. yes. So he was a major man. And there was a beautiful relation between Carlos Senior, Carlos Junior, and, and, and Edmund. It was due to the uh, interest of the mother, you know, at the beginning in the family, uh, she was the first who tried to care uh, the uh, traditions and to, 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 to learn his, uh, her men, uh, family life and tradition. And every day when they stayed together in Vadovice, every day it was at least one meal that he, they had to have together. together. Mm -hmm. When uh, Edmund became uh, a doctor in Bielsko-Biała, he moved from Vadovice. It was the Sunday that they stay all together just to practice this family meeting, praying together, having meal together. When mother passed away, Carol uh, Senior, Carol Junior, every Sunday moved to Bielsko from Vadovice. Uh, it is about 60 kilometers, not more. Yeah. Uh, they moved there to pass the, the, the Sunday together cultivating this tradition, family tradition. Sure. And the, the relation between them was very, very strict. It was not only the uh, 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 the question of blood, but they were friends. They yeah. Were friends. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is very important, I yeah, think. You, you, you can tell just Pope St. John Paul talked about how important his brother Edmund was. Yes, for him. That uh, he called him Mundek. Mundek, yes. Yeah, and yes. you know that, uh, which means little Edmund. Uh, and uh, th this is something that was uh, very important for him, and Absolutely. the loss of his brother was a major loss yes. for him because they were good friends. Yes, good friends. So they passed time, for example, in Montana, Montana, in, in Tatra Mountains. Mm -hmm. together with father. 
But not only. There is a particular uh, episode of their life that us, tells a lot about uh, their formation and their uh, humanity. When uh, uh, Edmund was just a doctor, on Sunday, together with uh, young Carol, they um, prefer, pre prepared, they used to prepare a little show uh, in the hospital for the patients, for the person who are suffering, just to give them um, um, occasion to forget about the suffering and to uh, smile. It was beautiful. It was just a sign uh, of their charity, of their, um, of their uh, attention to, to, to person that uh, they have in, the, in, their, in their life. And, and, it was and just to keep in mind, some people, many people have been to the hospital and you can watch television and be entertained by that, but there was no such thing. <laughs> in those days, there was no yeah. television, no radio, no, nothing. No. And, and if you're sick, it's hard to read. So this entertainment was really special. Very special and truly really very beautiful thing, I think. So, uh, well, when, when Edmund passed away for Carol was really uh, uh, something that he, it touched him very, very much. Yes. And he told about it. He told about it, um, he said that in his life, well, his life was signed by the suffering and losing um, close people, relatives. And he said that he, he, uh, uh, he suffered much more for the dying, uh, for the death of the brother than of the mother. It, is, it, it can be comprehensible because he was much more mature and uh, could understand when my mother passed away, he was only nine, very young, was suffering, but it was a child. And now he was losing, losing his brother, but also his, his good friend, a person very important for him, who gave him uh, good material for his, it's, uh, for his sainthood, mm -hmm. you know, I think. And then he and his father then formed a strong bond. Of course. And when, you know, young Carl, Carl Jr., this, you know, was going to go to the university, he went to the best in Poland, the Jagiellonian University in Kraków, correct? Yes, that's true. And his father came and followed him. Yeah. Practically, when Carl was 18 uh, in the world, they were only they two. Carol Senior and Carol Junior. Mm -hmm. So after, after the maturity uh, exam, uh, Father Father uh, Carol uh, Senior decided to accompany uh, Junior to Krakow, and they moved from from Badowice to to Krakow. Uh, practically in Badowice, there was nothing that was uh, that could make them remain there. Also bodies. Of their uh, relatives of Edmund and Emilia was in the cemetery in, in Krakow. So practically all the life was or, uh, already uh, in, in Krakow. Uh, and this period, uh, even though it was um, relatively short, because they moved to Krakow in 29, uh, in, in mm. 39, mm -hmm. 39, and the father passed away in 41. So it was only two two years, but it was very important for 
for uh, 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 Carol Jr. You know, in his memories, he, uh, his parents remain as two, uh, uh, two persons that taught him different things. John Paul II said that he practically uh, was his, in, in his mind, uh, his mother is a suffering person and he learned from her how to suffer, how to live this, this moment of, of, of suffering uh, without desperation, with patience, with the uh, faith uh, in the God will. And his father, and his father was, 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 was him, for him were the first, first teacher and the first uh, uh, educator in his very uh, major um, man uh, spirituality. Mm -hmm. He was not the only one, you know, because, but Carol Senior was the man who Junior saw, for example, uh, in his knees praying all the night mm -hmm. with the rosary. It was his father who, after the death of Emilia, took him and Edmund uh, to the sanctuary uh, of Calvaria Zabrzydowska. It is mm -hmm. not far from, from Krakow and from Padovice. Right, I've been there. It's a beautiful uh, yeah, place. Beautiful place. Uh, the sanctuary, Marian sanctuary, when he, uh, where he took them, uh, talking him about the, well, their mother who is in heaven. And um, well, uh, I, I, I'm sure that it was one of the m most important moments in which the Marian spirituality uh, of John Paul II was born, you know, in, in this moment. Uh, it was uh, his father who uh, sacrificed for the family. You know, he was, he was able to make a, a career, in, in military career, but uh, after the death of Olga, who was the younger sister of Karol Wojtyla, a, a child who lived only 16 hours after the death of Olga, Emilia uh, practically never stayed well. Uh, we don't know what was the illness that he was suffering of, mm -hmm. but uh, probably it was something that was related to the pregnancy. Right. So, so also when Carol was, um, well, when, when she was pre in pregnancy with, with Carol, probably you know, but well, the danger for her life was great. Yes. So she was advised to consider the possibility of a sacrificed child to maintain its, her life. And of course, she decided to maintain both, to, to, to fight for the, this child. Uh, and they, in other words, they offered to abort him yes. and to save her life. Yes. And she refused. Absolutely. She and refused. she survived. And so, so survived, even though the, the, her life uh, was every day uh, worse and, 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 and the illness was progressing, you know, practically after the, after the um, giving birth to, to, to Carol, well, she were never well in her yeah. life, never. And, you know, 
this is where it's suffering on her part. Yes. And self-sacrifice. Again, that donatio vitae, that gift of your life that she lived. And, you know, the child that she bore in that suffering had this role, not only in the church as the Pope, but in the whole world, helping in a very significant way to bring down the communist bloc. Yeah. I, it's remarkable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ab you know, yeah. what, what he was able to do, because after his father died in 1941 of a heart attack, his brother's dead, his sister's dead, his mother he has no family. No family. He's on his own. And the Lord raises him up. Absolutely. Not only to lead the church in Krakow, Poland, but the world, and then with other world leaders like Ronald Reagan and uh, Margaret Thatcher yeah. to bring down communism. And I don't, I'm sure you grew up under communism, <laughs> and I remember the Cold War very well. I thought for sure we'd end up in a major world war, but we didn't. Yes, I remember communism very well because I, I, I was 18 when Pope John Paul II was, was elected. And I remember that time, very great time, uh, the time without hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it changed. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, you know, very close to being out of time. So um, here, <laughs> I could keep on going, but, you know, it, it's, I think, important to know that this causes uh, for uh, Karo Wojtyla Sr. and Amelia Wojtyla yes. is progressing. This, this course is progressing, and I would like to. Well, one of the of the of, of the. Yes. Yeah. We're, okay. We're, we're running. Yes. We're, I'm saying we just have a few no, seconds absolutely left. Absolutely, Father. Yes. Uh, I, I would like to make an appeal. If anybody uh, would like to participate in this process, I would be very happy to have the witnesses about this, because it is my 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 duty to uh, indicate uh, witnesses of the process. And Good. Maybe somebody. Yeah, especially if you seek their intercession uh, and find an answer to prayers. Monsignor, please join me in giving a blessing for all our people that they may have a blessed Thanksgiving Day and celebration of their family, come closer as families. May Almighty God bless you and all your families in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful time with your families and do that by trying to become as holy and as much saints as Caro Emilia and Caro Wojtyla. Thank you.